Finger. He's back. It is the Fat Tail Investment Podcast again. And uh, it's about six, eight weeks ago now, we had our uh, our resident gold hound, uh, Brian Chu, on the podcast. And he is back today. Um, now, I like to call him Goldfinger after the famous uh, James Bond villain because he just loves gold and uh, invests in gold, his family money. Uh, he does the gold service, Gold Stock Pro, for us here at Fat Tail Media. And he rattled the cage this week to say he wanted to come on to the podcast to tell you all about what's going on in the gold sector right now. Now, from my perspective, we saw gold rally a little bit. It was starting to suck in traders. I was starting to get interested myself because you could start to see the usual signs of a bounce of that type of thing. Then we've come back down again. So it's a really interesting time. I'm interested to hear because, again, the gold stocks, they look cheap. They look cheap. They're making money here in Australia but they just can't get that momentum. So, Brian, thanks for coming on again. Thanks, Cal, and I'm glad to be here. This time around, I think there's um, a really strong case, and I hope that we, we get lucky this time. Well, let's talk about what's going on in the wider context. So we've got inflation, which is we tend to think as gold doing well in that scenario, um, but we also have the rate hikes coming out of the US, which is also perceived as a negative for gold because of the, of the holding cost for gold. So can you tell us, from your view, is the case for gold stronger or weaker uh, okay, with what's going on? Yeah, it's interesting that um, in the past, people would, people would actually argue that a rate, hike, uh, a rate hike cycle, not just one rate hike, would be bad for gold because um, there is a greater... Um, incentive to hold fiat currency. So the whole idea is uh, central banks, they've come up with fiat currencies, which is a competitor to um, gold as money. Uh, and when the interest rates are low, then you would actually be able to, um, that, that, that's better value in holding real assets uh, because the price, of, uh, the price of assets are gonna go up when the interest rates are down. And there's um, like the only reason why you hold cash is because you want the opportunity to go and um, buy other assets. But if, uh, and you're only rewarded holding cash uh, by, um, by, by, the, by, by interest rates, like you, you receive interest mm. on holding uh, cash. Now, the interest rates have been close to zero uh, since 20, um, 20, 2009. Uh, when the central banks have actually reduced interest rates to virtually zero. And that's why we saw uh, massive rallies across the board on literally everything. Uh, there, were, um, there were warning signs from the central banks that they wanted to bring the economy back to normal uh, since uh, 2013 or so. But uh, they only started raising interest rates in late 2015. Uh, and that lasted till about, uh, that lasted till 2018, when um, we saw two market um, corrections in February and also December. And I remember it, time, yes. Yeah, that was, that was actually quite a difficult time. The first, the first crash in February, I think, um, caused people to stir, but it was really uh, not until the December 2018 crash, that one that happened just before Christmas, that um, I think, people were realizing maybe the central banks have gotten it wrong with raising interest rates, but it was only about 2.2%, 2.25% that they raised it to. 
before they went back uh, and reduced it in mid-2019. Now, what happened with gold was gold did really well at um, in mid-2019 onwards and started to break records, um, at least for all other currencies except for the US dollar. Australian um, dollar gold saw it go above uh, 2000. Now, it never went back below $2,000 um, uh, in, in Australian dollar terms. And as we close, uh, the, clearly we, we saw that uh, in 2020, the market started crashing because of the, um, the virus outbreak globally. And the, we had massive stimulus. Now governments say they want to reduce, uh, but governments want to actually reel back on stimulus. Central banks want to reel back on um, easy money. And that's why gold had been stagnating for the last 18 months. They talked about inflation being transitory last year. Then it was, it's gonna be around for a longer time. Then they're saying, okay, we got to catch up and, uh, and, and crush inflation. Mm. And that's what we saw uh, with the March rate hike, which was a really, really pathetic rate hike of uh, 25 basis points. And earlier this month, uh, the Federal Reserve initially scared the market into believing that the rate hike is going to be bigger than um, half a percentage point. And they turned out to not do it, but they added, we're going to take uh, some of the easy money off the table. And that sparked uh, the broader markets to crash. Gold and gold stocks went uh, a bit earlier than that because of the whole talk. But um, I think the bite is actually not as bad as the bark. Uh, where in the midst of the market digesting that the bite is hurting, but uh, I think um, the bark is going to be that, oh, we're going to raise interest rates further. We're going to take easy cash off the table further. Um, everyone should uh, start holding cash because cash is king. Whereas people like myself, um, I like my gold. Thank you very much. I believe that uh, they can try to control the gold price and push it further. And mining companies, um, I have, uh, like the companies that I recommend that I've kept a close eye on their um, performance for the March quarter, they're looking, they, they're looking pretty solid, even though we know that um, the West, Western Australian border restrictions have kept costs um, up, and so has uh, the crude oil prices going up. So the case for gold, case for gold producers and gold mining companies, I think they're, they're very solid simply because businesses as usual, they've gone through hard times because gold didn't rally as much as uh, everything else and oil has been going up. So these companies are um, working on um, becoming just more efficient in doing their business, but uh, there's developments along the way. And um, I think it's, it's a good bet. It's a good safe haven. Gold has proven itself to be a safe haven in the last two months. We can talk a bit more about that um, afterwards, but uh, well, just long, in the spirit out. in the spirit of our compliance officer, we have to say that there's no safe havens in financial markets. Yeah. Uh, leaving that aside, gold is often always not always, but can be described as a chaos hedge. That it's you know when the world becomes very uncertain, the markets become very unstable. It can give you that. Um, a refuge, if you like, kind of things like that. Now, of course, with the Ukraine situation going on, we have a very volatile and unpredictable uh, war going on. Mm. But we also have Russia bringing gold to the table, trying to reintroduce it to their system, right? Yeah. Now, what's have you been following that, their attempt to what I perceive it to be is to back the ruble with gold. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. I wrote about it a couple of times in the last um, two months or so. And um, it's been an interesting, um, it's, it's been interesting watching it unfold. So what happened was that um, Russia, the Russian ruble was generally trading at around 70 to 75 um, rubles per US dollar for much of um, last year. And when Russia announced that it would uh, launch a special military operation against Ukraine in late February, um, the market started to um, sell rubles because they expected that the um, that Russia would kick off the SWIFT system and the G20 nations, many of them will impose sanctions on um, Russian um, commodities and exports that will hopefully uh, squeeze its economy so that there would, it will put pressure on the Russian government to pull troops away from Ukraine. That used to be the type of um, way that... Uh, the current system deals with countries that uh, fall out of uh, that, that get out of line. You're, you shouldn't be invading countries that you ought not to. You shouldn't be selling your commodities uh, using other currencies or whatever else because you're not playing by our rules. And if you break the rules, we're going to kick you out. Uh, that, that looked like it worked for about two weeks, three weeks as the Russian ruble actually fell to about, uh, I think, 120, 130 rubles per US dollar. But Russia actually had a had, had a secret weapon and um, it, was, it was gold. It's not really that much of a secret, but the way they implemented this, um, implemented this weapon was um, gutsy, but uh, it looks like it's been pretty successful. So um, the Central Bank of Russia said to the local banks and uh, Russian producers, we'll buy gold at a discount to the market price uh, because we actually want to strengthen our ruble. And the Russian financial system, they can kind of do that because it's not as much of a free market as the rest of the world, even though it's not really a, a free market system as we see. But um, they were buying uh, gold for 5,000 rubles per gram of gold. And that was actually at a significant discount. I think the implied price of gold that Russia was offering, the Russian central bank was offering was about 1350 to 1400 US dollars an ounce when the market was selling gold at about 19, 19, uh, 1900 to 2000 US dollars an ounce. So what that actually did was it was making rubles artificially um, more expensive than the market. And the way that it could work is because uh, Russia actually, they've got significant reserves to be able, I believe significant gold reserves and um, some of the foreign reserves were confiscated, but I think they had the strength to do it. And, um, and that was able to hold for a while. Then the Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Putin, the Russian president actually said to the world, um, if you wanna buy oil and gas from us, then you're gonna to have to open an account uh, with a local Russian bank and pay rubles for, um, for the purchases. Now, countries, a lot of countries actually boycotted Russian oil and gas on the, on the surface, but uh, it was revealed that uh, America and Germany and several European um, Union nations until recently were actually buying oil and gas. So uh, at that time, there was a demand for Russian rubles that would hold up this peg. Now, um, Russia has actually um, 
basically lived up to that threat. And several countries, uh, including Poland, Hungary, and I think Bulgaria are actually saying, yep, Russia is not making an empty threat that you've got to pay rubles in, uh, you've got to pay uh, in rubles to buy the oil and gas. So that is going to shore up uh, the ruble demand. And also the uh, Russian central bank, instead of holding that, um, that tight peg on uh, against gold, they've loosened it and they've not specified what price range um, they're going to buy gold uh, from their local banks and producers. But basically what we have seen is the Russian ruble has demonstrated to the world there is an alternative way to um, this financial system as a US dollar, um, uh, as a reserve currency. You, you can actually sidestep it but it's quite risky. You need to have a strong military. You need to uh, be able to have uh, trading partners that are willing to buy from you because if, if they don't, uh, they can actually um, see the currency collapse uh, either because there's a rate on gold or the currencies. Let's, let's bring in crypto here because I remember mm. last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about the, you know, the pull between the, the Bitcoin guys and the gold guys. And at that stage, I think it was fair to say that Bitcoin had the, the momentum and that type of thing. But hmm. what, in two months, maybe? I think that situation's flipped around. What Do you want to update us on your thoughts on the Bitcoin versus gold debate? Yeah. So I want to make a quick uh, disclaimer here is that um, I, am, I may be a gold enthusiast, but I'm not anti-crypto. In fact, the only thing I'm really anti in the financial system is the centralized planning and fiat currencies. Um, so with cryptos, uh, I have seen that the market for cryptos have been falling since November, but it's really come down in a big way, especially since the beginning of May. And I think some of our viewers may be aware that there is an epic war going on right now in um, Terra with Terra Luna and also um, USD Terra, which is the stable coin launched by Terra Luna. Um, as an alternative digital cryptocurrency um, for people to trade on. Now, what's happened with Bitcoin is that we saw Bitcoin um, peaking at about 68,000 last year, and it's now trading below 30,000 US dollars um, each as we, as we speak. Now, how did that come about is that Terra Luna, the company that runs uh, USD Terra, they wanted to back the uh, USD Terra, the stablecoin using Bitcoin, except they kind of let their game plan, they, they leaked their game plan. And um, <clears throat> I believe Citadel and BlackRock um, have actually taken an, an advantage to uh, seize upon this situation, this vulnerability, just like what George Soros did back in 1991 against the Bank of England with uh, the sterling pound. So I believe Citadel um, bought 100,000 Bitcoins. Yes. Uh, and then baited uh, Do Kwon, who is the founder of uh, Terra Luna, and said, hey, I'll sell you these uh, Bitcoin for a discount to the market price uh, in return for your USD Terra. And I think either Do Kwon uh, fell for the bait or he had a better, better game plan in mind. He actually, he actually took it. Uh, took the 
discount of Bitcoins and uh, in return for USC Terra. And then Citadel just go, all right, great. We're going to dump both into the market, trying to, uh, in order to break the, the, the peg between uh, USD mm. Terra against, um, against uh, the US dollar. Now, when you break a peg, that actually can be a, have a drastic effect on um, the confidence of uh, those who hold this um, hold, hold, hold your um, token or your currency because most uh, like when you're pegging something to another asset, you're making a lot of uh, you're placing a lot of weight and financial decisions and other decisions people make on that peg. And if that peg breaks, there's a lot in line. Uh, that there's a lot. There's a lot that is being placed um, on the line. So people who had placed a lot of faith in USD Terra actually have decided to dump and seek uh, refuge elsewhere. And Terra Luna, their, their, market, um, their market value is basically on the confidence on, of the stable coin. So, so Terra went on a terrible, you could say, pardon the pun, on a terrible yeah. drop. Uh, from about $80, $80 uh, last week to something like about a dollar as we speak. Now, what does this actually tell us about the financial system right now is if you look at the big picture, the central banks actually want to um, control inflation. They want to reassert their dominance in the financial system. Uh, Janet Yellen has come out along with other central banks having attacked cryptocurrencies for quite a while, Janet Yellen's coming out uh, saying, well, it's time to actually regulate the crypto industry because uh, we need to restore confidence. And what, what better way to restore confidence than to actually show that, hey, terror is collapsing and uh, crypto, the crypto market is down about 40% uh, since their peak, I believe. And uh, that, that would be a crisis of confidence for um, crypto holders. Now, how does that link back to gold is, um, I mean, instead of saying it's a safe haven, it's a great refuge. Um, and since the, since the Russian-Ukraine conflict, we have actually seen that investors actually go to gold uh, to, to park their uh, savings uh, or to park some of their speculative um, funds when, when things turn, turn really sour. And, uh, and in the past, the argument was gold has had its day, uh, move over gold, it's Bitcoin, which is coming. And um, the question now is, with what's happening with Terra Luna and also USD Terra, um, Bitcoin is going to be around. I, I, I don't believe there's, uh, there's a broken case, uh, like the case for cryptocurrencies being a place to invest has broken. It's just that it's been put to the test. And um, whereas gold, where we've been put to the test for the last uh, 100 years since the Federal Reserve began, and it's, it's holding up quite well. So well, let's, let's bring happen. it back to the mining stock. So here in Australia, yeah. uh, gold remains, obviously the Aussie dollar has been beaten up lately. So gold in Aussie dollars is still very strong. So there's really good cash flows going through um, the gold miners. Hmm. How do you think it's the best way to play the opportunities in gold through mining stocks? Okay, so with gold mining companies, it's important to understand the difference between producers, companies that are actually mining gold and actually uh, selling it. Then you've got developers, who, which are companies that have a deposit. They're in the process of building uh, processing plants and infrastructure in order to start uh, producing. 
Then you have the explorers and there are several types of explorers. You've got the ones that are just uh, going around digging holes in the ground, looking for a deposit. Then there are some that have a deposit and they're uh, doing further exploration and uh, talking with uh, investors in order to um, hopefully get enough funding to bring it to production. So producers have done quite well since the beginning of the year, um, having made a, a strong recovery after, we, after having seen four, four gold, false gold rallies and um, many people had been um, basically chasing returns elsewhere. So gold producers are doing quite well. They have pulled back in the last month, but um, the results from the March quarter have shown that even though costs are up because of oil and labor shortages, um, many of these companies are um, still business as usual. Costs are a little bit up, but they're generating uh, sufficient cash flows in order to keep them going. And as border restrictions lift in uh, Western Australia and other states, you could expect that um, costs could come down and it would, it would also help with the rising price of gold because of future uncertainty with the markets. And I think crude oil, um, if it trades at the range that it is between $90 to 110 US dollars a barrel, uh, producers should be able to manage that quite well with the rising gold price and also yep. um, reducing labor shortages. Now with explorers, they have actually, uh, quite a number of them have actually fallen to the 50 week lows and even uh, lower than that. So these are very highly speculative stocks, aren't they? So, but Absolutely. again, they can become the, the, you know, those massive winners that we hear about every now and again in the mining business. Yeah, so with explorers, there, there is actually a huge, you, they, they make a good gamble where they make a good punt because you're punting on either the companies making the discovery, making their first discovery, or they announce that they've got the funding to uh, build, build the processing plants. Now, the fact that it's gone to its 52-week lows or even lower than that, as uh, you mentioned uh, rightly, that actually just increases the potential uh, for, for massive gains should everything work uh, in, in favor of these companies. Now, on one hand, you say uh, we say producers are a better, um, better way to play the gold rally, uh, but they have they have infrastructure. They they churn out they churn out profits, but they also uh, they also consume a lot of um, capital because uh, they need to keep their minds going. With explorers, yep. they're much more flexible. And the companies that I have chosen uh, in in the portfolio that I recommend to my subscribers, we make sure that they have uh, sufficient cash reserves to last at least two two quarters, if not a year. So I mean. Things can, things can turn out bad for gold, and it has in the last 18 months, but most of them are standing strong. So we're closer to the end of the tunnel than the rest of the market. And if these explorers announce, uh, make any great, uh, like great announcements about they've discovered something, or there's good drill samples, or, they, or they're bringing their deposit forward, we, we, we've, got, we've got some uh, serious uh, winnings that, that could come in uh, handy. And, and I think uh, right now, it would be actually a great opportunity for people to capitalize on it, uh, as long as they actually have um, a very, very, they have very, uh, they have nerves of steel 
and they are willing to actually uh, part with that cash uh, rather than just wanting a quick return because not, nothing's guaranteed, especially with this end of the market. Absolutely. Uh, I can certainly uh, observe, for example, back in 2020, early 2020, you know, the gold stocks were absolutely roaring and any explorer that released good results or whatever would jump up on the day or whatever. Uh, but I'm, I think I told you last time, but at one point you're like, you know, this is, is gone over the top now. Now it feels like it's, it's gone too far the other way. Yeah. Uh, and if you've been around the, um, the resource industry and how it works, the time to get, it's, as you say, it's not easy to do, but the time to be most interested is when the outlook is terrible and all the stocks have been dumped because that's when you get the best prices and you get the best look at the opportunity. It doesn't mean it's going to work but your buy-in is, is a lot, lot less. And of course, gold since twenty well, August 2020, at least here in Australia, the stocks have just been down and down and down. They've rallied and down and down, slowly crushing all the, um, you know, the people that buy in and try and chase the rallies and that type of thing. At some point, you're right, that is going to bottom out. Um, and again, we still have those big cash flows going for the big, bigger stocks, who can then go and buy up those junior ones that they, they like the look of if they want to. Yeah, that's right. So it's very interesting to me. And I can just from a different industry, when iron ore collapsed last year, the same thing happened. Every all the little ones get dumped. I mean, the big ones get dumped as well, but you know, it's always worse for the smaller ones. Uh, but then what happened? Lion all rallied back up again, and you've got to look at some really interesting stocks, um, that have some of which have since bounced back again. So it's it's definitely a very interesting dynamic. Hmm. In fact, uh, if you look at what's been going on um, with a lot of these uh, explorers, some of them, some of the producers and the um, larger explorers are actually snapping up um, the smaller ones and the ones with smaller deposit on the cheap simply because they realize, hey, it's actually easier for us to buy up a, um, buy up a company with a deposit than to actually go digging on, on our own. Mm. So we've seen a couple of consolidations and that can also be a sign that the market, um, the market may top or may hit the bottom when you see significant consolidations. And we're seeing quite a bit of that happen right now. And we should also say overlaying all this um, in the gold sector is, is, the, is the ASX itself, which is on the whole, really flat across the board for all the small caps. The tech sector has been absolutely butchered. Um, so again, it just puts more selling pressure on, on everything, um, just driving down those values. So it, it, is, it is super interesting. And, and I'm following the gold stuff really, really closely. What yeah. we do need though, I think we need that catalyst to, to, to spark gold over 2000 in the US to bring that momentum back to the sector. Are you sort of thinking along those lines about what's going to, regenerate interest in this sector. It's interesting you mentioned about how the catalyst um, for interest to return back to gold, uh, gold stocks is uh, if the US dollar um, gold price goes up uh, above 2000, because I was listening to um, Mining Stock Education uh, early this morning, and I was uh, just going back and listening to David Earthley talk about this. He, he also mentions that um, basically you won't get a lot of interest in junior gold um, gold miners, as in the producer, as in the uh, explorers and the mine builders, until uh, gold hit that psychological level, 
and you also hear media talk about it because a lot of investors, uh, a lot of speculators, sadly read more of the uh, mainstream media and they, they trade according to the latest headlines. And uh, gold's generally not really on the crosshairs at the moment, but uh, being contrarian investors like myself and also um, what I believe many of our um, subscribers to Gold Stock Pro are, we, we love to actually wait, even though it may hurt to wait uh, until everyone comes around and join the party. Um, and we've done it for the last 18 to 20 months. And I, I don't think it actually hurts to just wait a little bit more for, for that to happen. And it seems like it, it could very likely do so as um, the central banks continue to raise interest rates. And even though they try to um, try to uh, control the market by doing so, and the gold price is supposed to fall because of rate hikes, the instability of the market because of these rate hikes could lead to a flight to safety, which uh, works in the favor for gold rather than against it. So rather than fearing these rate hikes, um, we should actually hope that the central banks botch these rate hikes by going too fast and thereby causing a greater flight to safety. And that's where gold is basically waiting in the wings uh, for this to occur. Oh, I think we've given a good overview. We'll put a link into your, your recent presentation that you've done. I presume when someone signs up, you've got your top, like some sort of, um, some recommendations in each sort of component of the gold sector. So the explore, the, you, you know, your favorite explorer, favorite producer, that type of thing. Is that yes. what they can expect? Yes, that's right. So if you sign up to Gold Stock Pro, uh, well, we have, we have actually an event coming up and um, I've got a free uh, tip for you guys. If you uh, uh, look at, if you, if you watch that uh, video and if you join up, I do have three recommendations uh, that I believe would be the, the top priority right now. And then you'll also be able to see my recommendation list, which contains about 20 companies and I've classified them across the different stages of the mining lifecycle. Absolutely. And just as a second, I know that we, uh, in my recent uh, small cap investigator issue, I, I had a, a gold company uh, that you brought to my attention some time ago. And again, when the value gets that cheap, you know, just get, it's just a time to get interested. So absolutely encourage anyone listening to uh, check out the presentation and let's leave it here for today. But, you know, we'll come back in a month or two and, and see how gold's looking then. Thanks, Cal. And, uh, all the best with everyone, and I hope to see you all at my event. Beauty. All right, mate. Ciao.